You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. fans, welcome back to yet another thrill-packed edition of the Red Leg Nation Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, coming to you on demand from Red Leg Nation World Headquarters. Uh, pretty impressive sounding, huh? It's a whole lot more important than it really is, uh, which is nice. Thanks for joining us again today. Got a pretty interesting interview for you today. Jeremy Horst, 23-year-old left-handed pitcher, pitching in Sarasota, a draftee of the Reds in 2007, and pitching extremely well in Sarasota, as we'll get into in the interview. He joined us for a brief uh, chat uh, over the phone today. Um, if the audio, uh, if you have issues with the audio, we're trying to get the phone lines fixed here at uh, the World Headquarters. Hopefully that's going to be done this week, uh, and, and our audio issue should be completely solved at that point. But uh, it's a pretty good interview. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, Jeremy's a bright young man, and uh, we had a really, really good talk here today. So without further ado, going to go ahead and jump right into our talk with Sarasota pitcher Jeremy Horst. All right, we're here today with Jeremy Horst, a 23-year-old left-hander in the Reds organization pitching for Sarasota right now. How are you doing today, Jeremy? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh I know you had sort of a tough one last night. We'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, I thought if you didn't mind, we'd start, sort of start talking about how you got to the point you are today. Um, you're having a – obviously, uh, Jeremy's having a very successful season this year in a lot of ways. We're going to discuss some of that. But uh, I see you were born in uh, Wyoming, Cheyenne, Wyoming. But uh, I understand you grew up sort of all over the place. Is that true? Yeah, I, uh, I was born in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And my father was in the Air Force, so we moved around uh, – a little bit in northern Michigan, and then I spent the majority of my high school years and things like that in North Dakota, so that's why I spent the last seven, eight years with in North Dakota before I headed off to college. So, And I think you pitched four years of college ball. How'd you end up in Georgia, of all places? <laughs> you know, um, I got drafted out of high school, and the scout had set me up with the junior college outside of Omaha, Nebraska, so I went there for two years to Iowa Western Community College, and and then I had pitched against a team in Colorado, and who the pitching coach down at Savannah was real good friends with their head coach over at, at that program. So I gave him a call looking for players, and that coach had dropped my name to him and you know let him know what college I went to. So that was one of my recruiting trips, and went down there on a visit and loved it and agreed to sign there. Yeah, Savannah, Georgia. I imagine that's a lot better weather than what you experienced in North Dakota. Yeah, it was definitely a change going down there. Uh, had to get used to the humidity and the hot and mugginess every day, but you know it was it was definitely great weather. Now you mentioned a moment ago uh, getting drafted out of high school. You were actually drafted uh, twice uh, by the Pirates, I guess, in two thousand three and two thousand four. Is that correct? Yeah, um, that's correct. I was drafted in the thirty fourth round my first year, and then uh, the forty first round uh, my second time. So. Why, did, why didn't you sign either one of those times? I know it was one of those draft and follow things. The Pirates knew that they liked me, but they wanted to see me grow and develop a little bit more. So right. uh, they wanted to make sure that they owned my rights and things like that. But I never really I never really got the opportunity to talk to contract or, or the opportunity to sign. So. Is that right? Well, 
Then in 2007, the amateur draft, the Reds took you in the 21st round, I guess. And uh, won't you tell us, if you could, what draft day was like for you uh, this last time around? Yeah, you know, um, I, I just woke up, went to work. You know, I tried to treat everything as a normal day as, as, as I could. And then you know, I was out at work, and I got a phone call, actually, from my head coach, Joe Roberts, uh, down there in Savannah, congratulating me and saying I'd been taken, you know, 21st round. So I told my boss I was going to take the rest of the day off, and, and he was perfectly fine with that. So I was, I was plenty excited to be drafted and, and to, uh, to get into professional baseball and start making my way up. Yeah, no doubt. Now, you pitched, I think, one game in the Gulf Coast League, and then you headed off to Billings now, uh, which is sort of your area of the country anyway in a lot of ways. How was your experience up there in Billings? Yeah, you know, I love I love that whole up north and in the Montana country and things like that. And there's long road trips and they got kind of tiring after a while. But I love being up in that part of the country and and playing in some of the places up there, like Missoula and, and Helena and things like that up there in the mountains a little bit. So yeah, you know, it was it was nice being over in Billings, just a, a hop, skip, and a jump away from home. So it was nice. You know, I, I went to college in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, but one of my roommates in college was from uh, Montana. And goodness, uh, this guy, uh, you know, I've never seen anybody that was in love with their state or with that region of the country more than this guy was. He just loved that area. It, there's something uh, unique about that area of the country, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot of pride. Um, a lot of good people up there that, that take pride in what they do for a living and take pride in, in where they live and things like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of good people up there. Now you played at Cobb Field, the old ballpark, right up there. You 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 weren't there when the new after the new ballpark opened. No, they were. As soon as our season was done up there, that's the, I think they started demolition on the old Cobb Field the day after. So they didn't get a chance to go up there and see or play at the new field. Now while you were at uh, Billings, you had a three point one eight ERA, I believe, but every game was in relief. Is is that correct? Yeah, it was. I kind of got off to a little bit of a rough start, but started to figure things out as the end of the summer came too, but yeah, all my all my appearances were in relief. Okay. And and then last year you spent the entire season at Dayton. Now we've everyone that we talked to just sort of and of course obviously we've been to games uh, at Dayton. How much fun was uh, everyone raves about playing in Dayton in front of you know nine thousand fans or whatever every night? How much fun was that playing in Dayton? Oh man, it was a blast. You know, every day you showed up to the ballpark, you knew. Uh, you knew that there was going to be, you know, like I said, a packed house just waiting to, waiting to get in the gates and, and, and cheer. They're real passionate people about their, their baseball out there, and they love dragons. So, you know, it was a blast. It's a good crowd. You don't, you know, you don't, it's, not, it's a little bit older crowd. It's a more family atmosphere. You know, you don't get too many fans that get rowdy. You don't have to get too much to drink and start heckling and, and things like that. It's, it's a good family atmosphere, and it's a lot of fun to play up there. And like I said, you know, you don't ever get disappointed every night. You know it's going to be a lot of fun, and you know it's good motivation when you're going out there and playing in front of that many people. Yeah, no doubt. Um, now you, you had a good year last year, eight and two, uh, two point three three eight ERA. But uh, again, you started the season in the bullpen, and then ten of your last eleven appearances were starts. Though, um, do you prefer starting over relieving? Oh, uh, you know, I kind of appreciate. Um, the value of each each position. So, you know, I I really love starting. I love being able to take control of the ball game and and sustain in there as long as I can and giving my team the best chance and best opportunity to to win. Um, but you know, I also love coming out of the bullpen and whether your team needs a needs a big a big stop or to 
keep guys in scoring position and leave them on base and get out of a big inning and, and things like that or to make sure that your team stays ahead. You know, I, I also love coming in and, and doing that. That gets your adrenaline going. But uh, overall, I'd say I like starting a little bit better, yeah. Do you think that when you when you started in the organization uh, after being drafted and then throughout last year, do you think the Reds had sort of a role in mind for you as a reliever or was it just something where uh, there hadn't been an opportunity to get you some starts or do you think they had you sort of pigeonholed in, in one way or the other early on? Yeah, you know, I, I really I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, but those opportunities came where, they, you know, I had a chance to get in and, and fill in for some innings and, and you know, I, I did that and I was well at, I did well at coming in and eating up innings and, and doing spot starts and coming to coming in the fourth inning and pitching to an ace and, and things like that. So I, I think the further I went along, they realized and felt comfortable of, uh, you know, leaving me in there for four and five innings. And then I started getting some starts and going five, six, seven innings. So, yeah, uh, I think they're just starting to realize, you know, that as long as I'm in there, I'm going to pitch as hard and as long as I can. So, uh, you know, one thing that we we talked to a number of uh, guys in the minor, Reds minor league system, and one of the things that sort of gets brought up over and over is, uh, as a minor league guy uh, trying to make your way up, is taking advantage of uh, when the, that window of opportunity opens up. And with Dayton last year, you got those ten starts, and you went five and zero with a one point six four ERA, and held opponents to a two hundred one batting average. And I can't imagine a much better way of sort of uh, jumping through that window of opportunity and really. Uh, Take, making it, getting a chance to, to really show what you can do. That, that's an outstanding run of games there. Well, thanks. I appreciate that, Chad. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, it was a lot of fun playing pitching in the Midwest League. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate that we had some, some pretty big games at home in Dayton, and, and the fans are, were behind me. So that kind of pushes you pushes you along and, and gets you through some tough innings. But, you know, every time I went out there, I just tried to worry about you know, pitch for pitch. I didn't try to worry about the end of the season or what was going to happen or, you know, I got to do this or that. You know, I just tried to take every pitch for what it was and every hitter. And then as the innings rolled by, I tried not to look back. Yeah. Now, obviously you went into the uh, off season here, uh, hoping to be in uh, with Sarasota or higher uh, by the end of this coming year. But now, did you, did you do anything differently in the off season to prepare for this year? Uh, at all since you thought you might be starting more or, or was just same sort of uh, off-season preparation? Um, you know, I tried to come – last spring training I came in and my shoulder was a little bit uh, tired and it was kind of – I had a little bit of dead arm coming through the tail end of spring training and I wasn't – I didn't feel as strong as I felt I could have been. So this year I, I threw a lot earlier. I started throwing, you know, middle of December and made sure that my arm strength was up and – and going to be there when I came into spring training and trying to avoid some of those dead arm problems. So that's that's about the other thing. Other than that, you know, I made sure I ran four or five days a week, you know, had good cardio and, and, and just throwing more. So that's about all. Do you set goals for yourself before the, before each season? Uh, you know, not before each season, you know, I kind of say, well, it'd be nice if this happens, or, you know, that'd be pretty cool if this happens. But, you know, as far as goals, that's that's mainly a start-to-start basis. Um, and the goals that I usually have are just, you know, the players that are hot on the other team, I try to keep them off the bases as much as possible. And, and you know, I try to go at least six innings every outing 
and giving my team a chance to win, you know, versus, you know, if I come out of a ball game and it's, you know, four to two, we're winning, or if I come out and it's, you know, one to nothing and we're winning, you know, I feel like, you know, my, put my team in a, a pretty good position to win that game. So that's, that's basically the goals that I have. All right. Now, every game this year, obviously, with Sarasota has been a start for you, and, and the question that uh, I think is interesting is how much different is playing in Sarasota versus playing in Dayton? I know you you know you got the 9,000 fans or whatever in Dayton every night, and, and a lot of nights uh, it's you know 300 fans or less uh, in Sarasota. Is it is it tough to adjust to that, and, and how big a difference is there playing in Sarasota versus Dayton? I mean, you know, Dayton, Dayton was a trip, and it's, and it's really hard to even compare the two, you know. You come down to Florida, and it's, it's a heck of a lot hotter and, and muggier and, and things like that. And we've had a bad spell with some rain lately. But, um, yeah, coming down here, it's it's kind of like a load a little bit off your shoulders. So you can come out here, and it's easier to get relaxed and, and kind of focus in on what you're going to do. So, you know, in comparison up in Dayton, it, it's, it's good that they have all those fans, and it gets you excited and gets that adrenaline going. Whereas pitching down here in Sarasota, it's it's more relaxed. You can kind of hang out and, and keep your focus. Right. Is there? Uh, well, have you been able to tell? I know obviously there is a, a, some difference, but what about in terms of talent levels between the two uh, the two levels, uh, Sarasota and Dayton? Well, definitely uh, hitting because uh, you know they got a lot of good prospects down here, and each team's got three or four guys that that can hurt you. So um, I'd say that's the biggest the biggest change and the biggest difference is just the hitting. And I imagine that, a, a, you know, as a 23-year-old guy, uh, living in Sarasota has got to be a lot of fun, too, uh, as compared to Dayton. Yeah, it is. You know, there's a lot of opportunities to, whenever you get some free time, you can go out to the beach and things like that. Um, you know, when my family comes down, my daughter comes down, I like to go out to the beach. And it's just it's fun to be able to have those opportunities to, to go out and and get away and escape from baseball a little bit because it's a, it's a grind all all summer long and you know you'll go nuts if you don't get out there and relax and have some fun. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, last night, of course, uh, for those that don't know, you had sort of a tough loss. Well, I, the very definition of a tough loss last night, I guess, through a complete game, gave up only three hits and one run, uh, struck out six, uh, walked only two, but uh, was on the we're on the losing end of a one to nothing score. Uh, tell us about that. Uh, how tough was that last night? Um, you know, it was tough. You know, I've pitched against these guys a few times, and and each game, it's like they always they're always in there battling, and and they always get to sneak by. You know, uh, you know that one run I gave up. Uh, Stanton had a sacrifice fly to get running from third base, and um, you know that was the only run of the game, and. You know, it, it's tough to go out there and, and and lose a game like that, you know, but at the same time, I know my guys are up there at the plate battling and uh, and trying to do everything they can to win, so, you know, I don't put it on them at all. Some days, you know, like, you know, if it's going to happen like yesterday where, you know, I lose a game one or nothing, but who knows, a couple of weeks from now, I might win a ball game, you know, six to four or something like that or, or seven to six you know, where where my team is going to be behind me and, and score some runs when I really need it, you know. So, yeah, last night was a tough loss, but there's nothing I can say or do about it. And I'd go nuts if I sit here and think about if we would have scored that run or right. uh, wouldn't have thrown that pitch right there. And, he, you know, if he would have hit that fly ball a little bit shorter. But I just, uh, yeah, it was tough, but take it for what it is and, and 
start getting ready for my next start. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying just a moment ago. You know, you, after after eight innings, giving up one run and, and only three hits, you've done what you could to put your team in a position to win. Uh, that's why a lot of us don't like to look at the win-loss stats because there's not a whole lot you can do better last night to, to put your team in a position to win. It's just, uh, you know, happened to be a night when uh, the bats couldn't get going. Um, I'm sure that's frustrating, but on the other hand, you've got to understand that you've really done your job as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I agree. I went out and and pitched well and and came out, and my team definitely had a chance to win. And we got pretty close there at the top of the ninth, uh, two outs runner in second base. But, you know, just one of those things that it didn't didn't work out. So Now, as we mentioned just a moment ago about the wins and losses, you've got a 2.33 ERA on, on the year now, which is obviously outstanding. But, of course, your one-loss record is 2-4. Um, so, uh, really, frankly, we ignore that win-loss record because of things like last night. But 2.33, you've got to be pretty pleased with how you've performed on the mound so far this year. Yeah, you know, I'm happy uh, with the way things have been going. I've been working with uh, pitching coach Tom Brown and starting to understand some more things about, you know, how to cut the ball and how to miss that bat, you know, by just adjusting where I how I pitch, you know, four to six inches lower in the zone and, take away a lot more hits, a lot more than what people realize. So, you know, working with him every day and just, you know, trying to ask him questions and, and you know, use his knowledge has is, is been a huge help. And playing for Joe Arrow, you know, he's got a, a hunger and a desire to go out there and win every night. And, you know, he gets fired up when we do get those wins and, and those those tough wins where we come from behind or, and things like that. So playing with a guy as, as fiery as Arrow is and, and, you know, having a guy that's got enough – as much knowledge as Tom Brown does, it definitely it's definitely helped me along this year. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely pleased with the way things are going. And, and actually, Tom Browning, the pitching coach, now there's one of the guys I wanted to ask about because you know obviously he's a left-hander uh, like you, and and you feel like that's really beneficial for your development, uh, being able to pick his brain some because he's obviously been through the wars. Um yeah, uh, Tom Brown is is our higher pitching coach, but Tom Browning is the the GPL. oh he's the Gulf Coast League. You're right. But yeah, he's, you're right. Yeah, but he's He's down here as well, and, you know, he's, he walks around the, the complex, and every once in a while I'll stop him and have a discussion with him. So, yeah, I've, I've gotten some knowledge out of him also. But, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's good having a guy like that around. Yeah, you can tell I'm not in Sarasota every day. I, I got mixed up on that. But now, let me ask you about a couple other guys down there in Sarasota. These are guys that I'm sure are with you there. Um, uh, Devin Messerocco, uh, tell me about working with him, the former first-round draft pick, uh, the catcher. Uh, is he improving? Uh, what, what's it like working with him uh, as a catcher? Uh, you know, he's definitely improving every day. You know, Errol being a catcher, he's been working with him and, and helping him out. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of talent, you know, and things are things are going to come together for him this year. So, yeah, every every game he's, he's been improving, working on, you know, calling his pitches and, and working on his receiving. You know, he's he's always been a hitter. Everybody knows that. So, um, on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, he's he's coming around and and he's he's a kid that likes to work hard and always likes to learn. So he's a great guy to be around, and yeah, he he works hard. So I'm I'm impressed with the way he's been the way he's been doing this year. Yeah, that's what sort of what uh, everyone that's been around him says is that uh, he, he's still a young he's still a really young guy, but uh, but he's improving. What about uh, last year's first round pick, Yonder Alonso? You any thoughts about him after watching him for a couple months down there? Yeah, you know he's he's another one of those guys that that loves to win and and he loves to work hard. Um, you know he's he's 
working hard to understand the game and what he's got to do as a as a corner guy and and how to hit around the middle of the lineup and how to use his power. So yeah, you know he's another great guy to have in the clubhouse. Uh, you know he's funny and he's a good guy to talk to. And but when it comes down to business and and he understands when when he does things wrong or when he knows he needs to do things different. So he tries to learn all the time from his mistakes and, and learns from watching the games. So, yeah, you know, I'm impressed with him. And, and like I said, uh, he's no good as it's a good guy to be around. Okay. Let's get back to talking about you now. Baseball America uh, has said recently that you're kind of flying under the radar. Does that kind of frustrate you that you've really done nothing since you uh, became a professional pitcher, but you've done nothing other than pitch and pitch very well? But uh, maybe it seems like it's tough to get to people's attention a little bit. Is that is that frustrating from your perspective? I mean, sometimes it can be uh, when I sit down and start thinking, you know, man, I'm doing well, and you know what's happening. But uh, you know, I try not to let that to let that get to me, and uh, you know, I try to go out there and pitch because you know I can't control what the front office is going to do or how everybody else is pitching at the other levels. So I try to just worry about the things that I can control and 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 go from day to day. And that's obviously the the correct perspective, you know. Just you take care of your business and things will sort of shake out on the other end. Um, but but on the other hand, you know, uh, at some point, if you keep pitching like you are, people have to notice. And so, um, exactly. and so now, obviously, uh, you haven't mentioned this, but there can't be any question that you're, you're kind of itching to get up to Double uh, A Carolina as soon as you can. How much do, do guys uh, in your position sort of watch the transaction wires and injuries and performances of other guys, trying to figure out when you may have a chance of being promoted? Uh, do you do a lot of that, or is it a situation where you're just kind of just taking care of business and uh, doing what you can and letting things sort of shake out? Yeah, I, uh, I just I just go about my own business. You know, I, I really don't do too much checking. I don't I don't go go home right after a game and jump on the computer and, and find out how people are doing. Or, and things like that. I just, you know, like I said, I try not to get caught up into it, you know, and I find out what's going on with the other teams and what's going on with, you know, certain individuals more from, from other people who call and, and tell me than I do, you know, by myself. So, you know, uh, you know, I wish everybody in this organization and everybody like that well, you know, so and there's a lot of guys out there throwing well. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I just I worry about going out there and pitching well and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, all I can do is go out there and pitch, and that's gonna that'll, that'll do the talking. It'll speak for itself, and and uh, you know everything's gonna work out in the end. So, but yeah, I'm right now. I'm hungry for that opportunity, and 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 just wanting a chance to get up to the Double A. So we'll have to see what happens for the rest of the summer. Sure. Now, obviously, probably for your mental health, that's a that's a good way to approach it. And that's sort of something I wanted to ask you about was about your mental approach to the game and whether that's something that the Reds have stressed. That they do they stress that with pitchers and how do you feel you've your mental approach has improved since becoming a pro? Oh, it's it's improved tremendously. You know, in my first year, I was one of those guys where when I was pitching well, I was pitching very well. When I was pitching bad and things weren't going right, uh, they snowballed in a hurry. You know, I had a lot of trouble with working too fast when things. I started giving up hits and walking guys and, and run started scoring and things like that. Uh, everything always snowballed real quick, and I, and I started working quicker versus now I've learned to slow the game down and, and made everything a lot easier than than what, it, than what it is. You know, a lot of times, you know, some guys make things too too difficult and too hard on themselves where 
Tom Brown really stresses, you know, just relax and throw the ball. He's going to hit a fly ball, or you're going to get that ground ball, and then we're going to get out of this inning, you know. So it's, he, he, breaks, he makes the complicated parts of the game uh, very easy. So it's it's good to have that. So, yeah, I'm really happy with the way I've, my mental approach to the game has, has been developing and being around guys that are, that are teaching me stuff. So, yeah, it's improved tremendously. Do the Reds have any kind of an organizational philosophy regarding pitching that you've been able to tell? Uh, anything whatsoever that they sort of teach consistently uh, at all levels, or is it uh, sort of just more tailored to the individual? Um, you know, it's they, they basically they give us a lot of, of free range to, to go out and, and pitch our, our individual styles. You know, um, obviously if you don't if you don't um, you know you start using off speed pitches enough, then, then they'll, they'll get some mention and they'll tell you, hey, you need to start throwing a few more changes. But for the most part, they just let us go and do and do, do our own thing and, and pitch, have our own individual styles, which is actually really nice because it, it's tough to go out there and pitch and worry about, well, O2 always has to get a fastball inside or, you know, i got to throw 1-1 one, one fastballs or and have to worry about other things like that. So it's, it's a good thing that they let us, you know, kind of go on our own. Yeah, it seems like helping you, uh, allowing you to pitch to your strengths and things like that. Seems like that uh, would be, you know, I know in the past they've had these uh, pitch to contact and things like those philosophies, but it seems like the way that you describe it now would be best for each individual pitcher, really, to for maximum improvement, I guess, individually, if that makes any sense. Yep, yep exactly. And the only thing that they just stress is, is attack the zone. You know, you know, every pitch has to have a purpose and and just go out there and, and attack the zone and and throw them competitive pitches, and other than that, it's, it's all on us. I assume, uh, and maybe I shouldn't assume, but I assume that you hope that your future is as a starter. Would that be accurate? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I love eating up innings and going out there and, and pitching well for as long as I can, and you know, I'm starting to get the preparation down for the, week, the week-long preparation for that one start, and I'm kind of starting to figure out how that works for me. Uh, so, yeah. I'd, I'd definitely like to be a starter, but then again, if it comes out that I need to be a, a middle relief guy or an end of the game type of guy, I'll make whatever adjustments I got to. What, whatever it takes to get to the big leagues, right? Exactly. I'll do anything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you you may not know this, maybe you do, but no one uh, named Horst has ever played in the big leagues, so you're going to be a trailblazer, uh, maybe here. Uh oh, we're gonna have to break that up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. There's time for a uh, time to to break that uh, that barrier. Um, Jeremy Horst, I want to thank you for taking some time for Red Leg Nation. Um, we'll sort of wrap up here. We, we definitely wish you continued success and the best of luck in the future. Keep up the great work down there. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we'll, maybe at some point in the future we'll be able to check in. Maybe after you get up to Carolina here, hopefully as soon as possible, maybe we can check in with you again. All right. I'll work on that. All right. Good luck, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Red Leg Nation radio podcast. Thanks to Jeremy Horse for joining us. I'm sure you'll all join Red Leg Nation in wish, wishing Jeremy the best of luck the rest of this season and beyond. Uh, he's really off to a good start in his professional career. As always, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns about the Red Leg Nation radio podcast, send those to radio at redlegnation.com. If you've not already done this, go subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or via your favorite RSS reader. That's really the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode of Red Leg Nation radio. You can also check out the tab, the RN radio tab up there at the top of redlegnation.com. I have links to every episode of the podcast. 
and you can listen to all the all the back back issues uh, of Red Leg Nation Radio. Thanks once again to all of you out there in the nation. This is Chad Dotson saying so long. Mm-hmm.